There you go. It is uh, November 16th, 2023, a uh, week ahead of Thanksgiving. We're going to meet at 5 o'clock for Thanksgiving Day. Everybody that can be here, please be here. And um, no better group of folks to spend Thanksgiving with than your true brothers and sisters in Christ. So many people go all out to sit around the table with a bunch of people they can't get along with. And I just don't understand it. Let's join hands and have some prayers. I want to lift up. God, we do. Uh, our friend Chuck Knipp down in Texas, just whatever blessings that he needs. Marta and Charles and family, the prayer team, Gail, Janice, Ruby, our children and our grandchildren for Forrest and Christina. And Christina may be on the road tonight, I don't know. Lord, keep her safe. Vice and Linda and John and Ruby, Marcos for his son, President Trump and family, for Bob's son, Mike, for peace, salvation for those that are unsaved in his family, uh, situation in the Middle East, and sadness during holidays for many, no doubt. Pray for our country, protection for President Trump. Pray for Johnny, uh, is that Shoop? <laughs> yeah. And uh, the veterans. And uh, what is it, Teresa? It looks like they're Gordon. Eric? Not everybody did. Sorry about that. Um, Eric, Rex, John, Ted, America, Israel, deployed troops and families for the peace of Israel. Members of our study group and our Facebook and podcast followers. For our emergency responders, police, fire, and rescue. For pastors to know the truth and to preach it. For my friend Jerry Scott, for Ellis Hundley, for Valentino family as they travel, and the truth to be told in government. Lord, I know that last one's a tall request. But we do thank you, God. We lift these up to you, but let us praise you ahead of time, thanking you that such assemblies as this one can come together in a free country and let us be mindful of those who have to hide in order to worship you. May their rewards be great. Pray for Osman. For Osman's church mm-hmm. and Osman himself, that we might get word to hear how he is doing over there in Gambia, West Africa. Be with us tonight, Lord. Teach us, if you will, and I know you will. Your Holy Spirit's here, two or more gathered. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to take just a short, less than three minutes probably, Earl, and I'm going to turn it over to you. No, I I want to save as much time as possible for this Daniel study. But uh, I remember reading this short passage out of Genesis 18, some while back and I'd seen it several times especially when I first started to read this and thought well that don't make a lot of sense but this is how it's written verse 16 of Genesis 18 and the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way and the Lord said shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation 
and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And the Lord said, I mean, this is this conversation with the Lord and with Abraham. Um, The Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me, and if not, I will know. That's as far as it's going to read. He's going to go down and see whether what he's been told is actually the case. That sounds a bit strange, except when we realize that the Trinity is in view here, and God the Father, who knows everything, has told his son, this is a grievous situation, these two cities. So Jesus telling Abraham, I'm going to go down and see if they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. Of course, Jesus knew that it was the the case, but this is what he's saying to Abraham. But um, I like that passage in First Thessalonians five. Verse twenty three and the very God of peace sanctify you holy W H O L L Y completely. And I pray God your whole Spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are made in his image. We have a spirit, soul, and body. He has a spirit, soul, and body, and Jesus Christ is his body. And uh, so God interacts with mankind. I mean, if he showed up in all his glory, you couldn't live. We see this in the scriptures. But if Christ, the pre-incarnate Christ, the Christophany, Theophany, and of course he appeared before and after the crucifixion, two people. He had a lot of power in his presence. When they wanted to know, I think, the Gospel of John, maybe chapter 18, did, are you Jesus of Nazareth, those soldiers said, and he said, I am, and they hit their backs, they fell. That should have told them something. But... Um, I remember puzzling over that passage the first time I ever saw it, but then when you have the proper understanding of the Trinity, it makes sense. I mean, we can be told something that comes to our mind. Somebody tells you on a phone call or tells you, well, you better go down there and look. They made a mess of your place out in the country or something like that. Well, now it's in your mind. Well, now my body, I got to send my body here. I'm going to see if that's it, you know. Now that's a just a thumbnail sketch of the true Trinity, and um, but uh, we're 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 made that way. We're made in His image, and I just wanted to bring that out. And that's all I've got. Unless somebody wants to add anything or take away from what I said. One thing interesting about that whole passage, that whole situation, is the angels told Abraham, "We can't bring judgment till we get the righteous out." Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What does that say about pre-trib rapture? It says there is a pre-trib rapture. Amen. Yeah. You know, um, we see in Luke 17, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, that's the way it's going to be when it comes. People are eating and drinking and buying and selling and marrying and giving in marriage, and boom. Then the judgment. Then he comes. Then he takes. He, then he goes into one taken, one left. Two in the bed, one taken, one left. You want to be the one taken. You don't want to be the one left. Um, left is a fiamai. It's divorce. That's forsake. Taken is paralimbano, embrace. He used that in John chapter 14. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back in paralimbano. I will take you to me. So this rapture happens at a time when it's business as usual for the world at large. I've heard people say, well, what makes you think you deserve to escape all this trouble? Uh, you all believing in this pre-trib rapture, you need to think about how bad things have been for the church throughout the ages, throughout the church age in different places. You think you should escape this? The answer to that is the tribulation is not man's wrath. It's the wrath of God and the Lamb. I like to say the wrath of God and the Lamb would make World War II look like a pillow fight at a Girl Scout camp. That's what he's saving us from. We are not appointed to wrath either. We see that in one of Paul's letters to the Thessalonians. So, you know, you really can't look away from pre-trib rapture. You know, um, that seems to be what is taught. You know, it's not going to keep you out of heaven if you believe one way or the other, but it might keep you keep you from having peace if you think it, that, it gets you rewards or illusion rewards, one or the other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, now we talked about salvation before. I mean, we use that word very, very loosely. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, this verse 20 here, 21, it says, I will go down and see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it. Okay, uh, when God talked to Cain, he says, where's your brother? He says, I'm not my brother's keeper. And he says, your blood is crying out. His blood is crying out in the ground. Uh, I'm wondering what this crying out was that God was hearing right here from Sodom. Maybe the, the, the misery of what they were Well, doing. I think it's a sin that reached its fullness. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and maybe just the lifted up prayers of those who were righteous. Lot was considered righteous. We wouldn't know that except for Peter. I know. Yeah. I mean, you get all the way to Peter and say, really? Lot was righteous. <laughs> we would, yeah. <laughs> and said he was vexed by where he lived. Uh -huh. yeah. you know, righteous, righteous Righteous Lot law. was vexed. But, I'm thinking, he put himself, he put himself in that position. Isn't it a picture of what we do in the Christian life? We put ourselves in a position where we're vexed. Well, let me or, suggest that there are many righteous people who are vexed by the Catholic Church, who are vexed in other ways of uh, false teachings, and they've been taught this, and they struggle with it, and they're not sure about it, and it, it impedes their relationship with God, but the answer is always right here. This offsets every teaching of man. 
all the doctrines of man. And uh, any, any Catholic, any Muslim, any Jehovah Witness, read the real Bible. Read the actual Bible that God meant for you to have. He foreknew this. And he's okay with how, how it is, is presented here tonight. God's okay with this. I mean, we know he didn't <clears throat> allow certain things to slip through his fingers. And, oh, doggone it, y'all wrote that wrong. You know? God's almighty. He is sovereign, particularly over his word, of course. Daniel 2 now. Any questions, anybody? Jerry, I know you got one too. Got one what? Question. Oh, about Daniel? Yeah. Well, I asked it a while ago, and you we'll kind of answered that. We'll get into that in just a moment. Chapter 2. Now, I asked a question last week. How many kingdoms has ruled the earth from the beginning until the end? And you said four. Mm -hmm. Well, that's from Daniel to the end. That's what I was... Yeah, that's what you were saying. Yeah. There's two before Daniel. Yeah, Egypt and... Assyria. Assyria. Yeah. See, in Revelation 13, Satan had seven heads. Antichrist, the beast, come up out of the sea. Mm -hmm. I used to read that and I say, what does the sea monster do coming up out of the ocean? <laughs> but the sea is representative of the Gentile nations. Yeah. And this beast is Therion, and it means a vicious, wild, brutal beast. And that's talking about the Antichrist. Mm. But in Daniel 2, now, I'm famous for going back and recapping that a little bit. No, that's good. Of, of what we studied last week. Now. So is Daniel. <laughs> he's good about that. Or bad. I'm going to look at it. But I, I think it's, I think, it's, it's I think if the Holy Spirit leads, you follow. You know, if he says, now what about that verse? You know, as he just calls these verses to mind. You know, that's that's good teaching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now. When we get to chapter, in chapter 1, you know Daniel and his buddies are about uh, approximately 15 years old. And Nebuchadnezzar had just taken over the kingship of Babylon. Now this vision of Babylon is Babylon right now except the power of the world. Babylon is 62 miles southwest of Baghdad. And at that point in time, you've heard of the hanging gardens of Babylon, you know, and what Nebuchadnezzar made. And it was the most beautiful place, powerful place in the world. At that time, in six twelve, now, if you read the book of Jonah, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, which is the capital of the Assyrian Empire, and preach to him. Of course, Jonah didn't want to go, but Nineveh was, or Assyria was capital of the king of, of the rule of the world, and Babylon was a small province in the southern part of the, of that kingdom, and six twelve B.C. Nebuchadnezzar and his father. Anybody knows what his father's name was? You gave it last week and I can't remember. Nebuchadnezzar. And he went, they went north and they conquered Assyrian Empire just like the Medo Persians is going to conquer Babylon 87 years down the road. And we'll talk about that when we get to Medo Persia. And they diverted the river off and, and one of them was the Tigris River and one of them was the uh, Euphrates, and they went under it, and under the water, under the gates that yeah. was supposed to be down. Belshazzar was so pride ridden that he didn't even lower the gates. But that's getting ahead of himself. And I'm going to explain to what's his name, Ray. Ray, I'm going to explain to you next week 
why Daniel, some people says Daniel wasn't there. Why does the scripture even tell us he wasn't there? Think about that till next time. Okay. And uh, uh, I've got an idea. Yeah. Church ain't there. <laughs> <laughs> now, in reality, Daniel's probably off on King's business. In reality. Right. It's just like, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Abraham and Isaac went up the mountain, right? Genesis 22. Who came off the mountain? Came off the mountain, both of them. Read Genesis 22, 19. Let's read it to us. They both come down. That's what I'm saying. 22 and 19. Mm -hmm. That's going to be, You shall offer at your own will a male without blemish of the cattle, of the sheep, or of the goats. Genesis 22, 19? No, that's Leviticus. Okay. <laughs> it's close though, isn't it? Well, you got next door. It is. Oh, it is. He was like, are you sure that's what that says? <laughs> <laughs> now listen to this. That's funny. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba just then, huh? Now who, who returned? Abraham. Who was I? We'll save this another time. I want to get everybody right confused before <laughs> before we get started, and and we'll we'll get into that sometime. Abraham, it it plainly says that Isaac and Abraham went up the mountain. Mm -hmm. right. It don't say that Abraham and Isaac came off the mountain. Now, if we were standing there back three thousand years ago with the two young men, you would have seen no doubt Abraham and Isaac come off, got on the donkeys, and went to Bathsheba. But why does the Holy Spirit... Now, you're going to see this in Daniel and all through the Bible. Why does the Holy Spirit, and I'm saying this with all due respect, bend the Scripture to a point, it almost makes it non-Scripture. He says, take your only son. Right? Was that his only son? Mm -hmm. Ishmael was a crown. We'll get this straightened out at some point in time. Now, it's just like someone said the other day. You can't understand the fifth chapter of Revelation till you understand the book of Ruth. And uh, we won't go through that again. Kinsman Redeemer, yeah. The kins you know, uh, Boaz was a kinsman redeemer. He was redeeming the land back to Ruth, which is the type of Israel. Mm -hmm. Go over to Revelation chapter 5. It's a little book. It's a title deed to planet earth. Ruth's decimal points over. Jesus Christ redeeming the earth back to himself and us. Where did, the, where did we lose it? Adam and Eve. Right? Yeah. So you're going to see. Go to Hosea 12.10. Just so you know we're not making this up. Now the book of Ruth has got more of this in there than you can shake a stick at. I've also spoken of a prophet in heaven multiplied visions, and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. Okay, now we know what dreams are. We know what prophets are, right? But what is a similitude? It's a type of, a model. So when you get over in the Old Testament especially, you're going to see these models all over creation. Well, that's why I believe that all the feasts in Leviticus 23 
our similitudes, shadow pictures. Well, Sam, that's what it means. That's what it means. Yeah, absolutely. And that's all similitude of Christ and the church, all seven of those feasts. It lines up. But uh, that's, it, uh, it means a foreshadow. And that's the reason <laughs> Jesus had to be, and I'm not going to go here, had to be crucified on the 14th. That was on Passover. The unleavened bread is not Passover. It means the holy walk. Leaven was taken out of him. What yeah. did Pilate say to Jesus? I find no fault in this man. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he played the part of the priest uh, in the original ceremonies. Ends up Pilate's the one playing the part of the priest saying there's no fault in this. Yeah, yeah. I have hopes for Pilate to be in that. He may be. Yeah. But Daniel 2 is two years after Daniel 1. Daniel 2, a 1 is 605 B.C., Daniel 2 is 603 B.C. Now you take the leader of the world that had just conquered the most powerful nation on earth, Assyria. And he had, was fighting a battle at Carchemish, down toward Egypt. And he got word that his father had passed away. And in those customs, in those days, you had to be back in your capital on the throne to be sworn in as king. And he was going back through Jerusalem, and he remembered what his great-great-great-uncle, or grandfather, Murdoch Baladon, in Isaiah chapter 39, had shown Hezekiah, or Hezekiah had shown him the treasures of the temple. Nebuchadnezzar remembered that. He went in and took a lot of it to himself, and in order to keep the king loyal to him, he took captives. And that was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, the Hebrew, uh, the uh, pagan names. Or Belteshazzar. Now, and you you take this king now. Remember, this this visualize the most powerful person on the face of the earth. You can he can kill you to drop of a hand, cut your head off. And he was sitting there in, in verse one. Now, in the second year, six hundred three B.C. of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. Now, remember that's in the plural. And apparently he had had this same dream more than once. <coughs> and he had this dream, and his spirit was so troubled that he couldn't sleep. His sleep had left him. And he was troubled. Then the king gave command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans is another word, like the United States of America. It's just the nationality of Babylon. To tell the king his dream... So they came and stood before him. Now, it's a tough situation going on right here. Now, apparently, as we get more down into this, Nebuchadnezzar had inherited this staff from his father, Menelpilazer, and apparently they came on back further than that. And some of them could have gone, the ancestry could have even gone back to Moses' day, on back. But he knew in his own mind <coughs> that they couldn't cut the mustard. So what he was doing is testing them out. He, he, you either tell me... Now, visualize this. You had a dream. You can't sleep. It's kept you awake. And you could, you go to Jerry and say, Jerry, tell me what the dream is and then tell me what it means. That's a tough situation. Now, if you tell me what it is, I might make up something <laughs> to yeah. tell you what it means. Yeah. And that's what he was doing here. But... He said, no, you're going to tell me what it means. It says in your one place that the thing has left me. And, and he was 
He wasn't pulling any punches. He says, if you can't, I'm going to kill you, your family, and make your house a dungeon. Yeah, he, I he, mean, he doesn't, he doesn't say this lightly. Well, see, now he's the boss. Yeah. He well, he it. says the thing has left me. Um, now we, we, he means he gave that decree. says, I've already said what I said. you got to do it. Yeah. And now, I don't think a lot of people will teach it. He actually forgot. Yeah, I don't I, think I, he forgot. I, I don't think so either. Because he was testing these jokers out. To see yeah. whether they yeah, that's right. That's right. To see whether these guys are telling the truth or not. Yeah, he didn't trust the uh, soothsayers. And... No, he didn't trust any of them. And apparently, he had some dealings with them before. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say that. He but probably saw what his, what happened with his dad. Yeah, and his I, grandpa. That's exactly and they, were, yeah. they were blowing smoke you know, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Now, in verse three, and the king said to them, "I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious." Or to know or to understand the dream. Then the Chaldean spoke to the king in Aramaic. Now, what's Aramaic? It's the Gentile language of that day. Now, chapters 1 through chapter 2, verse 3 is written in Hebrew. From chapter 2, verse 4 until end of chapter 7, it's written in Aramaic, the Gentile language. Now, most of the time when we study the Bible, and, and prophecy and stuff, we studied through the lens of Israel. But this, Daniel, is studied through the lens of the Gentile nations. This is right here, when we get to the head of gold, is the beginning of the times of the Gentiles. So we're going to read Luke 21, now I believe 24. Now, if anybody's got any questions, if we go along, don't be. Now, that's what Bible study is. If you've got yeah. questions, ask them. Somebody told me once. What's well, a stupid question? I said, there is no stupid question. You may get a stupid answer, but it's not a stupid question. And if, if I don't know it, we'll make up something. <laughs> <laughs> Luke 21, 24. I believe. Um, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword uh -huh. and shall be led away captive into all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Okay, when is the Gentiles full, time, times of the Gentiles fulfilled? That's when the Gentiles will rule the whole nations, uh, the world. Mm -hmm. so, see, Israel set aside right now as a nation. Mm -hmm. Now, they're still God's chosen people. God's not dealing with them as a nation. If a Jew becomes a Christian, he's born again just like we are, and he becomes part of the church, the body of Christ. But the times of the Gentiles began right here, at the head of gold, and it will last till Armageddon, till the end of the tribulation. And then at the end, of, at the beginning of the millennial, who does he start dealing with here? Israel. And he, 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 of course, I don't know, the rapture may happen before we ever get into a lot of that. Mm. But in verse. Uh, Four. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. That's just a way of uh, of saying, good morning, king. How are you? Hope you have a good day. Mm. Tell the servants the dream, and we will give you interpretation. Now, what, what they was asking was a legitimate issue. Tell us what the dream was, and we'll tell you what it means. And Nebuchadnezzar says, uh -uh. said, you tell me what the dream is, then you tell me what the dream means. Now, well, if I can ask you a question. Well, absolutely. Oh, uh, I was just thinking about what you said about the gold mm -hmm. head will last until Armageddon. 
No, 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 no. I thought that's From what you said. No, the times of the Gentiles. Oh, okay. Because those represents the different kingdoms Absolutely. that have come yep. along, the yep. Medes and Persian, the Greeks, yep. the Romans. Yep, sure do. Okay, yeah. I, I was confused right there. Babylon yeah. no, yep. was a goal. The right. Nebuchadnezzar is gold. Got it, got it. And he got a pri on the pride trip. I heard it wrong. In chapter 3, it, ma it made the whole thing go. The mm -hmm. whole image. But that's that's, that's what it went through his head. Yeah. That, it was his head. <laughs> but uh, and now, visualize this. If he'd forgotten it, if they told him what it was, how would he have known? That's, that's right. what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's why that never really made sense. Um, yeah. I think... Got the non-inspired version here. That uh, NIV positive. That's what Mister said. You're NIV positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty funny. He was a good one. Yeah. Um. The. Hmm. It just says the king replied to the astrologers, "This is what I have firmly decided." Uh huh. That's that's a way of saying the thing's gone from me. I've said this. Yeah. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces yeah. and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it. Now this goes step further. We'll pick that up later on down in the chapter. But when you got to Daniel, Daniel told him what he dream. If he if he forgotten it, he, he wouldn't, wouldn't have known. Yeah. He wouldn't have known that. He could have made so, up oh, anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now, if I'd have been one of these sailors, or, or what I said, this is what the dream is. You're gonna get cut off anyway. Might as well Might take a stab at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in verse six, or verse five, but the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, "My decision is firm." In mm -hmm. other words, what I've said is what I mean. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your house shall be made in ashes. Pretty serious stuff going on here. Oh, yeah. King James is a little more cruel. A dunghill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Verse 6. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. <clears throat> They answered again and said, let the king tell his servants a dream and we will give it interpretation. Now, they was begging right here. Mm -hmm. They said, we can't do this. And it, it, that's going to be known in a minute. We cannot tell you the interpretation. But we will, I mean, the dream, but we will tell you the interpretation. In verse 8, the king answered, I know for certain that you should gain time mm -hmm. because you see my decision is firm. In other words, all you're trying to do is save your eyes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You're, you're trying to save yourself. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to kill time until something comes up that maybe will work for you. But he said, my decision's firm. I'm, I want to chop your head off. Yeah. That's a tough place to be in. Verse 9. If you do not make known the dream, let me make a little comment here on preposition if. I if. Mm. That's used four times or four different ways in the Bible. If, and it is true. And that's when Jesus said in John 14, if I go away, mm -hmm. that should be translated since I go away. Yeah. That's if, and it's true. There's a, the second class 
is if and it's not true. Third class is if it may be and it may not be. Fourth class, used one time in the Bible, Romans chapter 9, verse 3, I believe, or verse 6 maybe. If, I wish it was, but it's not. So if, if you're going to call this preposition, sometimes kind of cipher it out. Which one was it when the devil said, if thou be the Son of God? That if would be since you are since you are right yeah that's the positive sense right yeah but let's see let's look at this just briefly now I chase rabbits Daniel that's all right let's <laughs> let's look at uh, Romans chapter nine verse either three or verse six I believe it's verse three now this is inferred the if is inferred here this is the most Awesome, mind-boggling statement that's made, I think, in the Bible. He says, for I could wish, verse 3 of Romans 9, yeah. for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. That's what it says in this version. Now, that's what it says. Do you know what he said in there? He said he'd go to hell to see them all saved. If I could, give, if I could, mm. if I could, I would. Now that's another verse you get into and prove eternal security. Mm -hmm. It says, if I could, I would give up a salvation, but I know I can't. Right. Good point. I yeah. like that. But now he was serious. In verse one yeah. he says, I lie not, right? It's inspired. Yeah, it's inspired. Do you know of anybody that you say, if I could, I'd give up my salvation for you? I'm not that guy. It'd be tough, wouldn't it? It's kind of like putting your son up to be killed for yes. you. Yeah. Yes, That's tough stuff, yeah. yeah. Like That's God the did. most awesome statement to me made by another individual except what Christ has made in the Bible. Yeah. If I could, I'd give up a salvation for you guys. Wow, yeah. <clears throat> uh, any comments or questions? Verse 10. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore no king, lord, or ruler have ever asked such a thing of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. And I'm sure that's not is the case. I'm sure they had never been asked. Tell they, me what it is. They were qualifying the fact that if it's revealed, it has to be from God. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what they're saying. Absolutely. And... We can tell by this, theirs wasn't from God. If it was, they could have got a little further along. But they didn't get too far. In verse 11, It is a difficult thing that the king requires, and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods. Now, gods is plural. Yeah. See, they didn't know the God of heaven. At this no. time. They had no idea who he was. Whose dwelling is not with flesh. They had part of it right. Yeah. But now remember one thing. When Jesus Christ became man and dwelt among us, he became man forever. He became, right now as we sit here in Bible study, there's a man in the flesh seated on the right hand of the Father in heaven. Yeah. But he still has the same attributes as God. He's got the same, he's got the attributes, but he's yeah. still in the flesh. That's a, theantropy, a theantropist, right? God-man. That word. Well, no, he's God-man, but still he's human right now. Okay. But, Flesh and bone. And right. then he's still missing 
No man knows the hour of the day except with God the Father. He didn't know when he was on earth. I'm quite comfortable he knows now. Yeah. Well, they concocted the whole plan to begin with, right? Who? God the Father, Son. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before they the had, but they arranged it from... But he emptied himself, like it says. Sure. When he came down to earth. So he didn't know that particular aspect of when mm -hmm. that was going to happen. He learned as he would. Okay. Let me give you a little example of that. I, heard, I don't know who I heard myself tell this, and I'm going to use Jerry. He's going through the atmosphere or the universes with God on, I'm going to call it a spaceship. And God looks down at earth and he said, Jerry, said, and there's a bunch of vicious dogs. That's all what was on earth. Vicious dogs on earth. Tying each other apart. He said, God said, Jerry, I love these dogs. He said, I want them to get that message that I do love them. He said, Jerry, I want you to go down and tell them that God loves them. But you, Jerry says, okay, I'll do that. But see, you've got to become one of them. In other words, in fact, you've got to become Chihuahua. <laughs> and said, when you go down, they're going to kill you. But said, don't worry about it. I'm going to raise you right back up. Okay, I'll do that. One other thing, Jerry, you've got to become a Chihuahua forever. That's <laughs> <laughs> a Chihuahua. Yeah. For, so that's why he's become a man forever. And he's limited himself to that personhood. Yeah. So he can only be one place at one time. He is not omnipresent. He's not. Now, now, he can travel. To, some, I was teaching this one day in a, in a long time ago. This little lady sat on the front row and she said, how fast can we travel when we're going to glorify bodies? And I told her, I said, it's the speed of thought. She said there a minute. She says, I was hoping I'd be a little faster than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't know where you were going then. Yeah. You got to think of it first. Yeah. yeah. But when you think of something, it's just like Jesus walked through the, he went oh, into this room without opening the door. And he went right through. And like earlier, said, I'm going to go down and see if what I've been told is true about this Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh -huh. Meaning he knew it would be, but oh, sure. you know, uh, I mean, if uh, somebody you fully trusted said, you know, somebody toilet papered your front yard trees over Halloween, would would you go look? You would. Yeah. But you wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> now, a lot of places in the scripture, a lot of places, it's in the past tense, but from God's viewpoint, it's in the future tense. Or vice versa. It hasn't happened yet, but for God sees it as already has happened. Yeah. And you see that in yeah. several places. Yeah, he said the same thing. That reminds me of another place. When uh, when uh, Nimrod was building a tower, Okay. he said, I want to go down there and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, as if he didn't know. Yeah, yeah. But he did know. Oh, sure he but did. he went to investigate. All right, right. And that's, you know, past tense, future tense, you know. <clears throat> God already knows from the very beginning, before the earth was really created, as far as that goes. But a lot of times he speaks in human form, or in human language, I put it that way. But he already knows. You don't think Jesus is omnipresent? No. Mm -hmm. There's bodies, the bodies of God, God the Father is omnipresent. Mm -hmm. Just the Holy, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's yeah. omnipresent. Let me ask you this, uh, Bob. In, in John 16, 14 and 16, he, <clears throat> he says, If I go away, 
prepare a place for you. It's your advantage, it's necessary for you that I do go away, right? Yes. Why did he have to go away? Why did Jesus have to go away? The Holy Spirit would come. Okay, why couldn't Jesus do the same thing the Holy Spirit did? Because he's not on the prayer. Amen. That's, that's the whole key thing. Okay, it's just got to register in my mind that Jesus well, is not Well, you know, here's present. the thing. Here's where we're fooled by uh, what I call some easy believism. If you just ask Jesus into your heart, mm-hmm. you don't ask Jesus. It says if you abide in me, I will come in, meaning the God, the Father, the Spirit, the Son, mm-hmm. and abide with you. But Jesus, you know, we get this funny picture about Jesus yeah. coming into our heart. He does not. Yeah. God abides with us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you, when you're saved, the moment you become a believer, you're baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. Jesus, and I don't mean this in an arrogant kind of way, could not do that. He could not baptize a believer into his own body. It took the Holy Spirit to do that. Right. Now, if it had been designed that way, he could have. Yeah. But, but God didn't design it that way. That's the reason the Holy Spirit had to come. Mm-hmm. To yeah, be that, the body that, of Christ. That all goes back to uh, what Daniel's been uh, thumping on for months about us being like God in the three ways. Mm-hmm. Soul, body, and spirit. Right. Yeah. And it, it's easy to realize Jesus, when he des- when God designed, Jesus created people, everything, he designed them like he is. Mm-hmm. Like, we look like Jesus. We, uh, you know, mm-hmm. He don't look like us. We look like Him. We're made in His image. We're yeah, made, we're made in His image. image. And that means Physical we have, image. We have the thought the process of... Oh, we have oh, emotions. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. think Jesus occupies this planet at times? Does he come back no, down here I ever? No, I don't think so. Okay. Spirit's here. Now, no, Jesus is coming back. Well, I, yeah, He's I sitting at the right hand of mm-hmm. God. And, and what's he, he will doing? occupy the throne. But what? like when you were talking about Nimrod and Babel and all yeah. that sort of thing, you came down, let's check this Well, that out. was God. That was, that was Jesus before the reincarnation. That was, he said, let us yeah, go down. Theophany. Pre-incarnate Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pre-incarnate. But he doesn't, he doesn't do any of that sort of thing any now, longer. Because he's not omnipresent. Well, I know, but if he could just manifest himself in a bodily form and walk the earth for whatever reason. I well, it's idea. not designed, God didn't design it that way. He says he's seated he's at the right hand of the God, Lord, the doing intercessions right. for us. Romans 8, 34, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Interceding and accusers of the brethren. When Stephen, Stephen was stoned, he stood up. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting thing. That's amazing. Now, I, a lot of people says when, when a person dies, the physical death that God, uh, Jesus stands up. I don't much believe so. I think you're mortal and killed for his namesake. He stands up. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he stands up when a disappearance a believer, a believer dies. Mm-hmm. Now, that's my belief. Well, you could be right. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. I was thinking about this, you know, I'm nostalgic. I hate change. I hate change. <laughs> I think we all got it. I really do, though. I mean, yes, they can tear down the old filling station and put one back in its place that's Ten times better, but I like the old one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And so you can, I can visit places in my mind as I lay on the bed that don't exist anymore. Sure. But I see them and I'm there. Now that's the mind, and I can go to a place that I'm, my body's not there, and the place isn't even there anymore. But you can do that in your mind, and you know the body. If you want to go see something, your body goes. Yeah. Now, Bobby, have you got 
Now, remember, Jesus can travel at the speed of thought. Now, we don't know what the speed of thought is in heaven. I mean, you know, like the lady told me, she said, I was hoping it would be a little faster than that. <laughs> <laughs> now, Satan has access to the throne room of God. He's called the accuser of the brethren. Right, right. Well, how, how does he get back and forth, you think? So he's a fallen angel. He's, he's an angelic, angelic being. Do they have that power. Now, he's a spirit. Yeah. Yeah. But there's coming a day pretty soon where he won't be able to do that. Now, in Revelation 12, he says yes. they're going to be cast out of heaven. Mm -hmm. That's back to earth and woe to the planet earth. Yeah. Satan, interestingly, if you read it, he never makes it to hell. He goes, yeah. he fire. He goes into uh -huh. the pit for all that time, and then he's released from the pit. Back to the millennial. Yep, and to go out and tempt the nations one more time. Hell and death is and then hell and death, class the lake of fire, as is Satan. It's just like the false prophets and Antichrist. They don't go to hell. They are cast into lake of fire. Lake of fire. And after a thousand years, when Satan's cast in there, they're still there. Yeah. And a lot of people will teach elimination. Right. That takes no, care of that. It's the, yeah, Jesus says that, you know, why would he say that the flame doesn't extinguish the worm, you know? The worm dies not. Dies not. I mean, that wouldn't, he wouldn't have to tell you that if, if you were going to be extinguished. Yeah. But the thing, and, and when we're teaching shooting classes, you know, I teach how you're going to take on this you know, new skill you want to develop. You got to get your body and soul in place and tap into that subconscious mind and get it on one accord. And that way you can do great things no matter what it is. And, um, and I mentioned, I said, your brain, by the way, is not your mind. Your brain is an instrument that your mind uses to navigate through this realm of our existence your brain's not your mind. Your your mind uses the brain like you might use a computer or your cell phone. Therefore, your the, mind never dies. The mind isn't made of organic material, and it will never die. Yeah. And I say something to think about, guys. You're going to be conscious forever. You might want to decide where you'd like that to hey, be. Hey, man, that's exactly <laughs> right. You're going to be somewhere forever. and know forever. Take the rich man and last. Just, just read that story. Yeah. Another question, Bob. When the we talking about Ruth in the fifth chapter of Revelation a moment ago. Yeah. Redeeming the earth back. How does the Lamb redeem the earth back? The Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Mm -hmm. How does he do that? Uh -huh. He's done it already. No, he hasn't. He died on the cross without no, that shedding of blood. There's it's, no it's been, The application is there. It hasn't been applied yet. Tom Bonnie says his feet on the Mount of Olives. Mm -hmm. and the 21 judgments that's coming in the book of Revelation. That's going to redeem the... See, he's, he's written... Why is the tribulation? Three things. To break the pride of the holy people, Israel. To bring a everlasting revival. That no man knows how, how great that's going to be. Yeah, I heard a guy tell me, uh, the guy told me some time ago, I'm looking forward to that revival. I said, You are? Yeah. I said, No, I, I'm not going to be here. Well, where are you going to be? I'm going to be in heaven. Yeah. And then to rid the world of sin. Now, is Christ, is Jesus the Lamb going to do that, or is God going to do it? They're the same, aren't they? No, no. Go to John 5 22. By the time I get there, you could have probably said a whole lot of words. <laughs> no, He's letting the Bible speak for itself. That's the way we ought to do it. And the thing that bothered, 
Because I'm going to read that verse that says, God helps those who help themselves. It's in my Bible. I, I wrote it in there myself. Okay, yeah. yeah I've, made, I've made changes that I need to make. I tell people that. It's in my Bible. For the Father judgeth no man. Who's the Father? God. God. He judges nobody. But hath committed all judgment unto the Son. So, the Son is going to do all the judgment. At the judgment seat of Christ, at the... Uh, at the white throne... At the great white throne, at the judgment of the nations, the sheep and goat judgments, the son is going to do all the judging. Because the father is not going to judge anybody. Now that tells you right there they're not the same. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and as a unconverted false convert, you know, I've read stuff like that. And I say they're telling me Jesus is God. There's a problem here, you know. And, and but these this seminary trained minister couldn't answer my question why Jesus was praying to himself in the garden. We talked about yeah. that one night, yeah. right? It's the yeah. body thing again. Yeah. The body don't want that splinter dug out, but the mind overcomes the body, and the body says, "Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done." Well, you know, after we're saved, there's a battle that goes on within this body, spirit and flesh. Before you're saved, there's no battle going on. It's yeah. all flesh. It's all flesh. Yeah. But once you're saved, now, we, you know, someone, I heard David Jeremiah or somebody make this statement, which one do you feed the most is the ones that are going to dominate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, that don't mean you're lost or you lose your salvation, but that means you have got a problem. Yeah, the, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. Yeah. Yeah, well, well yeah. before you're saved, people that keep a, a semblance of morality is because they want to fit in to society. Uh -huh. They want to be acceptable before other people. Mm -hmm. You know, and you have people that are lawless, they don't care. Well, you have, what they, well do. they don't know. Yeah. We see in Romans 2, I think it's 14, these people that don't have the law and they keep it anyway are a law unto themselves. Yeah, but God said he wrote his law onto everybody. It's hard yeah. the way I understood that. Everybody, that's, the moral law on the Romans yeah. 1, they yeah, are no without excuse. excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, see, I still see a question mark. That's normal for him. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm pondering the whole plan of salvation right from the get-go. God created Lucifer to accomplish his ultimate goal. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll go along with that. And it's like, then I flip back to Judas. Did that same thing happen to him for for God to be able to be betrayed, hung on a cross? Yes. Jesus you know, says he was chosen so that he still had to be. But he knew that it would happen, but it just seems like we go back to some of this. So, yeah. your buddies who are the, who are the characters that predestined the prede people who are predestined. Calvinists? Yeah, the Calvinists. Yeah. It seems like Judas never got a break. You know, right from the beginning, he was fingered to do that job. You know, so. Uh, but did he have a free will? Yes, he, had he did. Free will to do it. Yeah. But God knew he was going to do it. We know God looks on the hearts of all mankind. <laughs> when God looks at how you conduct yourself, like the man, the, the, the Samaritan, he helps this person. He likes how that fellow conducted himself. He begins to draw you. To Christ, the Holy Spirit withdraws you. I think He's the first encounter we have, absolutely, with the Trinity. And because Stephen in Acts seven said, "You are stiff-necked; you always resist the Holy Spirit." The Holy Spirit is persuading, trying to persuade everyone, and um, some people um, of their own accord they don't want to serve God. 
that, that little smarmy uh, thing said, I'd better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. They don't understand hell. That's right. Guess exactly. who they run into down there? God. <laughs> Jesus said. I mean, uh, well, let's go back to what? The psalmist. You know, if I make my bed in hell, there you are. Someone for Yeah. So. Yeah. But I'm a firm believer. If you die and go to hell, you're going to have conscience. You're going to see. You, you, you're not going to have any feelings toward God or with God, but you're going to see yeah. what you could have, you have missed. Oh, it says in Isaiah 14, I believe it is, that uh, when Satan falls, he says, you're just like us. You're the guy that deceived the nations, and you're, you're just a worm like us, which is the essence of what's left of us, evidently. Well, we know that no one slips on a banana peel and stumbles into hell because they did not get the memo. That's right. Everyone has to rebuke God. Everyone has to say, no, I will not follow you. Yeah, the gift of salvation has appeared to everybody. We're yeah. without excuse. Yeah. And yeah. So, probably Judas didn't have any, any worse uh, uh, in hell than anybody that rejects Christ. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what that Hebrews thing, Hebrews 6 came six, in last yeah. week. That yeah. really helped me put that whole thing to rest. There are hell's angels, motorcycle guys. The other other gang, the gangsters, name them, you know, the Crips and the Bloods. God's watching them all. He's going to see some of these guys. That man's going to be redeemed. He just already knows. Yep, he knows. He says, not my will that anyone perish. All right. comes to repentance. But there's that one little thing. I heard a guy say the other day, and, and it makes so much sense, that God deemed everything for all to be saved. He died for us to be saved. But he gave us an attribute to change that whole ordeal, and that's called free will. Yes. And, yeah, free will is a double-edged sword. Yeah. Belief itself. But so many people are not going to make it. It said that road is narrow. Mm -hmm. It just seems like the the whole game plan is kind of way lopsided. Like, I worked at an airplane place for a long time, and if only 30% of the planes made it over the fence... There is something really wrong with the overall program. And that's what sometimes I well, think of it like that. People aren't being programmed. They're given the opportunity, and God knows that we will pursue that lust of the flesh. Absolutely. But why is it so difficult? Why is that road so narrow that a few people make it? They let Satan take over. Yeah, they don't want, uh, they don't want to serve God. But the yeah. consequences are so dire. They don't see that. God's got to, why did the Eve... Re- eat from the fruit she was deceived <laughs> there you go and Satan called the scripture into question and God didn't say that you know um, there's a lot of hellfire and brimstone preachers out there doing an awful lot of damage oh, yeah. I mean I think a lot of them Satan's got their picture on his nightstand you know <laughs> because they're sending people you know it's like Jesus laid into them in Matthew 23 you know, and they make it sound so treacherous, like this road to salvation is so hard. Oh, look at you. You just sinned. You just fell off the bicycle. This is shoots and ladders. You're going all the way down again. It isn't that way. You know, God knows we're going to struggle. He knows we're going to sin. He has covered it. He knew every sin you'd ever commit before you were even born. And he paid for those sins before you were even born. Our only obligation is to Lord, thank you. Believe. And believe it. Believe it. By faith. 
which is a gift from God. Well, we got down to verse 13. Do you want to knock it off here? Well, let's see how far in we are, man. 45. Yeah, we got about five more minutes. Okay. Let's pick it up at verse uh, 12. And if you need 10 minutes, we'll take it. We'll take That's it. okay. We'll, maybe we'll work here until the rapture happens. <laughs> that would be ideal. <laughs> verse 12. For this reason the king was angry and very furious and gave a command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Now Daniel and his buddies was in this category. So they was among those people. So the decree went out and they began killing the wise men. Now some people says they hadn't killed anyone as of yet. And others believed that they had killed some. Mm -hmm. So we're let it go either way. Either way, yeah. So they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Then the council and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch. Now that's the that's a guy that's done to Nebuchadnezzar that had the authority over the eunuchs, the captain of the king's guard who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree from the king so urgent or so harsh? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king, This is what puzzles me. Mm -hmm. Now, did Daniel go in or did he send Arioch to go in? Mm -hmm. Now, in those days, you don't go in and talk to a king. You just don't... You know, Esther was the same thing. Mm -hmm. She went in and... and Talk to the you don't do that. Mm -hmm. You get your head chopped off before you, your time comes. You should have died, died. Well, that's, yeah. But Daniel had already, well, not talked to God about this, but he'd already talked to God about a lot of things. I think he was talking to Ariel. He may be. I, I, you know, the other thing, too, is uh, Nebuchadnezzar is a king, and the Bible tells us that God holds the king's heart in his hand and turns it where he will. Right. You know, um, if Nebuchadnezzar literally saw Daniel coming, it does say Daniel went in, went to his house, and, you know, and made the thing known. Read Isaiah 41, 21. See, see what that says. Isaiah 41, Produce your cause. Sayeth the Lord, bring forth your strong reasons saith the king of Jacob. Okay. In other words, he had a strong reason, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then we'll pick it up at verse 15, or verse 16. So Daniel went in, asked the king, give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. And I kind of agree with Jerry. I think Antioch, he was talking to Antioch, and Antioch went in and talked to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven, no little g, and no s on it, concerning the secret so that Daniel and his companions not, might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the Lord God of heaven. And Daniel answered and says, Blessed be the name of the God forever and ever, for wisdom, wisdom and might are his. In other words, how much credit did he take? Daniel. Didn't take any, did he? No. He gave it all to God. And his life was spared, and so were the others. Now, at this point in time, we get to the end of the chapter, and we're not going to make that tonight. Mm -hmm. 
the wise men and all these other guys, Daniel saved their lives, got jealous, and tried to get Daniel killed in the lion's den yeah. and, and, the, and the fiery furnace and all this. They were jealous. Pride took over there. So, what was the first sin in the Bible? Lucifer falling. What, 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 was, what caused it? Pride. You're right. You're right. He tried to exalt himself above the heaven. Uh, yeah. Equal with God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it didn't work out so great for me. You know, if you ever supervised a group of people, as I did for many years, I drove a truck for Flying J and was driver and driver supervisor. And it's interesting to see people that you hired decide that they can do your job better than you and start taking measures behind your back to depose you. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, it's so easy to get jealous. Yeah. It's so easy to get jealous. Are you jealous of Joe? I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's the other way around. Well, I would doubt it. I would not doubt it. Well, there's no need for either of you to be. Well, I, I know that, but many people tell me that who know both me and him, and he said... Joe doesn't like you because he's jealous of you. And I said, I can't understand why I'm willing to share everything I have with him, you know? Well, I don't understand it either. But I, I gave up on trying to understand people. Any kind of toxic relationship I have in my life, I get rid of. Sure. I don't need those people in my life. Well, that's true. Well, Jesus said he came to bring a sword between... Well, he came as a stumbling block. Yeah. Now, how, how was he? How was Jesus Christ a stumbling block? Well, you either step on him or you step over him. Well, who has stepped over him? the nation of Israel? Yeah. Has stepped over him and don't recognize him? Right. See, they don't even believe that he's coming the first time. Right. They're still looking for his first coming. Right. Well, they wanted a king to kick up Rome's business. Absolutely. That's something interesting to me, and maybe all to you all here. Um, the the cornerstone he's called. Um, the ones the builders the rejected. Corner, the chief cornerstone. They rejected the cornerstone. Mm -hmm. Now September eleventh. Um, I hope you won't mind uh, Isaiah chapter nine. This was read on the Senate floor the day after by Tom Daschle, um, and. I really believe that God made Tom Daschle. He was Senate Majority Leader then. Read this, Isaiah 9. Um, and he read uh, verse 10. He says, The bricks are fallen down, but we will build with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will change them to cedars. Now, he didn't read verse 9. It goes, And all the people shall know, even Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria, that say, In the pride and stoutness of heart, the bricks have fallen, but we'll replace them with cut stone. So that took place, and it was interesting. Especially everything about those towers coming down, which didn't happen the way we were officially told, and we can prove that without any shadow of a doubt. Um, but they did come down. The bricks did fall. Now, 
a beam out of one of those towers fell onto ground zero and it kind of careened toward a little chapel, St. Paul's Chapel, where George Washington consecrated America to God in that chapel. That beam would have cut that chapel down like a mower cuts down a blade of grass. But a tree was in the way. And the beam hit the tree. It uprooted the tree, but the tree had just enough strength to stop that beam. Do you know what kind of tree? Yes, it was a sycamore tree. What did they do with this thing? They bronzed it. They bronzed the root system. They put it out on Wall Street as some kind of an icon of some kind, where God's here telling them about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, guess what kind of tree they carried in there to replace that se- that sycamore? Cedar. A cedar, cedar tree. This is all true. You can you can verify this. You can look it up. So this all happened, and the next thing you know, they well, um, we got to have a new building, and we need a cornerstone for this building, and. They hired an outfit, I'm not even kidding, I wish I was, it was called Pentagram Studios. They hired an outfit called Pentagram Studios, nobody needs to be told what a pentagram is, to design that cornerstone. And we needed all the names of the people who died that day on that stone. So finally they finish it. It weighs 40,000 pounds, one stone. Then they bring it out to the building site to set that cornerstone. A huge argument ensues. The engineers, the architects, and the family members of those whose names were misspelled or excluded or whatever, on and on and on. Finally, they decided to heck with this. They pulled up up on a big heavy-duty rollback truck they carried it off to a vacant lot in town, and they set it down. It may still be there now. They did not use it. They rejected their cornerstone. America needs to take heed. Amen. You know, that uh, God is speaking with us. God is showing us some things. And they're, you know, just like throughout the Bible, these shadow pictures, these similitudes, right there they are. You rejected your cornerstone. Yeah. To read that part about the sycamore tree, replacing it with a cedar, do you think that's a good thing? Do you not read verse 9 of Isaiah chapter 9? <laughs> that you right. didn't fit in with their narrative. No. I, I really think God made Tom Dashell read that. You know, I, I believe that he wanted it out there. You guys remember this time, but Daniel had just received the vision of what Nebuchadnezzar's dream was. And he hadn't taken it to him yet. And he hadn't taken it to him yet. Good. Remember. Okay. okay. I have a question that's bugging me all week and I don't know the answer. You have seven, seven weeks, 60 and two weeks and the Messiah's cut off. What's the beginning of that? March 14, 445 BC. That's in, in Nehemiah chapter 2 when Artaxerxes signed the decree for Nehemiah to go back and rebuild the city. Mm-hmm. That's all it. Right. Yeah, he'll get into that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Now, Daniel's 70 weeks. Yeah. It's going to take a little while. Okay. So don't don't be having a date or something. You have to <laughs> leave too early. That'll take, uh, that one chapter will take about three weeks, too. But, and you're going to have to have a piece of paper. Which, and a piece, which book again? Daniel 9. 
Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Chapter 9. Yeah, but you said the word. Nehemiah, chapter 2. Nehemiah, Nehemiah. chapter 2. Yeah. He said okay. in the month of Nisan, that's a Nisan, that's April. Ne- Nehemiah, as I heard a rabbi say one time. Yeah. Nehemiah. But that's one of the best known dates, either the encyclopedia or the Record that March 14, 445 BC. We'll get into that. Right. We all ready? Yeah. Bob, why don't you close us tonight? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, this gathering of <clears throat> this Bible study. We truly do appreciate the insight that you've given us, the opportunities to learn and grow. Thank you for the food that's been given to us tonight for the nourishment of our body. And thank you, Lord Jesus Christ's name. And pray for safe travel for everyone leaving here today. Amen. Amen. Amen.